Hey guys, welcome back to Inclusion RX, uh, our weekly segment where I get to chat with people from around the CrossFit community and and hear their stories. This week I've got a friend on, uh, Dwayne Shoemaker, who is also known as the Judge Elite uh, through Instagram, which is one of my favorite names. So we met, when did the last time I see you? Was it at the Winter Classic here in Cleveland? Miami. We, we, we ran into oh, each yeah, other yeah. in Miami at dinner yes. for a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah, I was under the weather in Miami, so I don't remember a ton of Miami, to be honest. Um, I think I had the Rona, but I'm not positive. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, so you're a judge, CrossFit judge, which uh, for those of you that if you've never met him or been in a comp, if you have been in a comp with him, you've probably been no rep more than once. Uh, how long have you been doing that? You've been doing this for a while, right? Six years. Oh, wow. How'd you get, Six years. How'd you get into CrossFit? So I was a football player. I played in football in college. I played arena football, um, and then I got injured, which when well, my daughter was born, which ended my career. Really, I stopped playing football. But several years later, I just got tired of the whole rigmarole of the gym. You know, bench press this, squat that, deadlift that. Uh, so I just gave up working out, and I got tired of being fat and out of shape versus who I who and what I used to be. And I decided that I would stop mocking all of my friends who were doing this CrossFit thing, and I would right. give it a try. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. You should do it with me. I still mock them. That's the best. That's the best part of my life is mocking CrossFitters. Well, I mock them because I can't do what half of them can do. But it, <laughs> we got into it because we wanted a new challenge, you know. And I uh, got into CrossFit, and like everyone else, fell in love with it right away. You know, so got injured, couldn't compete, and like what was next? So competitions came around. I just wanted to help out. And I always the judging wondered- thing happened. I always wondered as a judge, to tell the truth here, like you're out there watching these elite, like the elite, the most elite athletes on the planet. Do you get a little rush, just a little rush from tossing a no rep out there on somebody? So the, the no rep in and of itself doesn't give you the rush, but being out on the floor, like you're competing. Every judge will tell you, look, I'm competing with you. I want to win. I do not want to be out here the last one on the floor with you. <laughs> you know? Nice. Uh, one phrase I tell athletes when I judge directly, and I still do judge here and there, uh, but just running events, look, move as fast as you need to. I'll let you know if anything needs to change. Uh, but yeah, it's a rush for sure. And then the no reps, especially depending on the athlete, we know some athletes don't like them because in their world, it never happens. So that happens. So See, to answer your question, that can happen. You have the rare privilege of actually, uh, judging an event that I competed in. Very few people can say that. Were, were you impressed with my just sheer athleticism and just power on the floor? I'm sure you were. You know, I, I can't, I don't know if they're the words I would use, but I do remember <laughs> kind of coming over to you and letting you know, hey, we're going to judge you like any athlete. And you gave me a look and it intimidated me. So I figured this guy is to be left alone. So to all the judges, let John do what John does. Uh, yeah. Well, John fell right on his face in that where that was the most embarrassing moment, man. Like, we, I forget what the rep scheme was, but it was bike and ski erg, and we had burpees over the bar, and me and my partner were wrapping up our burpees over the bar, and we were going to finish in second. We did finish in second, but we were in second place, and uh, we wrapped up the last burpees, and I turned to run to the finish line, and in this event, for those of you that weren't there, it was like, I don't know, 50-yard sprint to the finish or whatever it was, and uh, in my mind, I thought, okay, all you got to do is get over the barbell. That's it. Get over the barbell and you can sprint home. My back foot, in this case, my right foot that was trailing, did not hear that message and hit the barbell. And I went right on my face. And the whole crowd, like when we hit the last lift, the crowd like cheers. I go, yay. And then I fall on my face and the entire crowd at once goes, oh, 
It was terrible. That, that was a hard floor. That was a, oh. a very hard, unforgiving cement floor. Uh, well, you don't, you know, you don't feel it in the moment. Like, you know, I didn't feel it at all. It's the adrenaline pushes you through. It was so embarrassing. And then, you know, because of what I do, people start sending me videos, people that are videoing it. They like start peppering mm-hmm. me with shots and I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. It's so bad. So, <laughs> so how'd you get into judging then? So going from CrossFit and like not wanting to make fun of your friends to actually, you know, being part of the process. You know, after, after I got injured, I just wanted to help the events. I figured that's the least I could do, and it's the community. And this is back in 2013, 14, when the community was everything. And every weekend, there was an event or a throwdown. So I was just moving weights. I look at the – like, that's crazy. I'm, I'd never do that. Who wants to get yelled at like that? That's too much pressure. I just want to move the weights here to there. And then one weekend, someone was like, hey, we need a judge. Can you help? Not at all. Not me. Wrong guy. Literally ran away. And then the next week it happened again. So eventually I helped out. And after the event, someone said, uh, you know, you're pretty good at this. You should think about judging. And my whole thing was I, I didn't get in the CrossFit to judge. Little did they know <laughs> the night before I actually had to judge. Nervous as I was, I was watching old CrossFit games, videos and YouTube clips. So, you know, I'm at a weekend throwdown. I'm like hand in the air, counting down like it's a real event. So that happened. And then it just kind of turned into an addiction slowly. But, but surely, as we can see, and uh, it just grew and it grew into this, the love I have for it now. You, are you dying with the, all the comps being canceled? You got to be dying with all these comps being canceled, not being out on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all more than anything want to get out of the house. That's the most important thing. Right. Um, I was in Canada on March 13th when everything happened, like literally the world just grinded to a halt and, you know, selfishness aside, it was just like, so what do we do? how do we operate now this is what we do and how we operate whether you're an athlete a vendor a judge but yes we're we're ready to get back out there i think we all are you know nikki and i've been talking on the show a lot about uh you know the games going online and you know taking it down to five people and that's fun to watch like you know the online comps are fun to watch but there's just something about watching it in person and and watching you guys do your thing like you know making fun of the no rep thing but it is like a lot of excitement of watching you know, did the athlete make the movement? Are they going to get called for it? Or are they not, you know? And then there's the kind of the gamemanship of, of people, you know, bluntly bitching about bad judging or, you know, <laughs> bad reps that didn't get called. Like there's no different than watching a football game, you know? Yeah. It's easy because like, like football players, if you practice at your practice field every day, of course your coach isn't going to call you for the same thing you do. That's wrong. But when you get in the game, there's a guy in a black and white shirt that will call you, you know, we tell judges, we tell athletes more than anything all the time. You know, we're not your boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, or husbands judging you. So this is going to be a little bit more legitimate, you know? Well, one thing I was really impressed about, and, and you know, obviously the topic of our, our podcast is diversity and inclusion. And one thing I've always been impressed with, with the the judging team that you're a part of is you guys have a really diverse group of of colleagues that you're working with. Like, how do you, just talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how does the team come together? How do you guys coexist? Like, is it hard, easy? Just kind of some details. It's it's a little bit of both. Um, The reality is, honestly, John, that, you know, you go to these events blind. You don't know anyone. So the first time you go to Wadapalooza, to Granite Games, to MAC, to any of these events, you don't know anybody. And you're really just there to judge. You want to help out. And what you see is, you know, I'm not looking for male or female, black, white, Asian, none of that. I go through some of my best friends in this community and you would see a wide variety, obviously, as you've alluded to. Uh, 
you want skill, you want passion. And what we've found about each other, you and Nikki are passionate about what it is you do. You know, the athletes that compete, passionate about what they do. And you find out that the same folks are volunteering weekend after weekend, flying all over the country, driving all over the country, and they're showing that I, I love this. And when you realize that, you realize, you know what, I, I never even noticed that person was not the same race as that person. You know, and that's so cliche and vague to say nowadays, especially with the hot spots of what's, what's happening in the world. Uh, I don't see color. But you don't. You see skill, you see passion, you see a love for it. And then as those people have a great time, they reach out to other people. They'll say, hey, I was with my friend John. You got to come out to Cleveland. It was a great time. You'll love him. Come on out. And then three, three more people join. Um, so I think the inclusion of it is that you have a passion for it. Come on in. We'll, we'll help you be a better judge. You know, I can, I can teach you how to count a squat. <laughs> I can teach you how to count a clean and jerk. Can't teach you that love for it. See, now you're, you're really ambitious if you're saying you can teach me how to squat, just for the record. <laughs> Below parallel, that yeah, is. Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> I, it's it's it'd be a sketchy moment. We'll see if you can. I I hear you, though. Like, I hear that a lot. Like, I mean, obviously, that is like kind of the cliche thing you hear from time to time. I don't see color. Um, I, I found when you're um, in a gym, like I don't compete, but I'm still doing workout side by side with people. You don't think about people, you know, the social dynamics of the people you're working out with. You're just trying to survive, frankly, you're just trying to live. And I'm sure the athletes are no different. I do think though, there's a real connection. Like once you start making those bonds and those friendships, there's a richness to learning about those people. Are you seeing that between the athletes and the judges? And Absolutely. Um, I, I know you've spoken to a lot of the athletes on, on your own podcast and such. We'll use a Rich Froning, you know, we'll use a Noah Olson, we'll use a Tia. And at these events, you make friends with these individuals. You, know, you, you, you speak to them enough, you get to know a little bit more about their life. You get to know them outside of that element, right? So that when you see them at the event and you're talking, someone comes running, hey, how do you know him so well to speak to him that way? That's crazy. Really not. He's a guy that likes to have conversation. He just happens to work out when we're not having conversation. Um, but to the judge piece, and I can, I can speak to that, these friendships are forged in you know, the, the term judge elite comes from, you know, samurai are the warrior elite, you know, crossfitters are the, the elite athletes, football players are the, you know, the elite of what they do. If you're crazy enough to come spend a weekend getting yelled at, getting sweat on, getting blood on you, chalk on you, all those things and, and want to do it again, you know, to me, that makes you an elite judge. You know, you are part of the judge elite, you know, so that's where that freezing comes from. You know, we're all just representatives of that, but it just ties into like, you know, like we said initially. These individuals love what they do. And I've met Asian, black, white, Spanish, male, female, gay, straight, doesn't matter. Like, here we are. You know, and it's about the, the people, about the processes. And then we put together a pretty good product at the end, too. So you've, I mean, you've clearly seen it all, probably, at this point. Like, you know, if, if you were going to give advice then to box owners, and now you've seen these rich friendships building, you've seen, you know, people from, you know, all you know, races, religions, creed, national origin, whatever, coming together toward a, a common bond. Like what kind of advice would you give to a gym owner to help them build something like that at a, obviously a much smaller scale, you know, within their own box? What I've seen, what I've even been part of, like not part of, but, but subjected to is, you know, the clicks have to stop happening and the clicks are always, you know, coaches hang out, the competitors hang out, the scale athletes hang out. For whatever reason, people just kind of flock towards each other. Now, you mentioned the great experience you have. You're working out alongside people who do compete, people who are scale, whatever the case is. So 
maybe in a gym, that's not always the case. But I think the inclusion piece has to happen where that coach can't just be a great coach for an hour. You know, they have to be a, a great person. They have to be the motivator to that individual to say, I'm going to come back because I trust you to help me be better. You know, not just I help you to teach me how to squat. You know, you can teach me how to be a better pull up, <laughs> muscle upper, but I need you to make me feel included here. And I think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of what's going on across the world has been exposed recently. That inclusion is not happening everywhere. You know, you have some members who are their sexual orientation. They don't feel included. They don't feel included by race, by gender. Specific coaches can mess up your entire flow of business as an owner. And that's the, <clears throat> that needs to be aware, made aware of too. <clears throat> so how, part of that then is how do you get the coaches? And, you know, to like to that point, you need good coaches. They're going to drive in. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. You need representation within your coaching staff in whatever. So I'll give you a personal example. Like my gym is very young. We have a, become mm-hmm. a small membership. The coaches are all very young. They're between the ages of, you know, 21 and 25. So mm-hmm. consequently the bulk of our membership are under the age of 30, you know, and that, and that's okay. You know, there are, you know, they're great kids and they're all stupidly fit. Um, but there aren't very many people my age floating around there. And I can, I can do that, but there are people my age that aren't comfortable in that environment competing with a 25 year old. Right. So, which, which is true, which is true. Uh, let me ask you this, just some kind of round numbers. Are, are there a decent amount of representation that looks, wakes up and does the same thing as you, for instance, age? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, I guess my point to it is that, um, you know, right now and we're a new gym, Mm-hmm. We're attracting what we have. There's not a lot of representation of people that either people of color or, or older or whatever. And I'm not saying they need to hire an old white guy. I'm just saying like, in generally speaking, like how do we help gems, you know, find kind of a wider array of coaches to help draw in more, I don't know, rich, uh, you know, backgrounds and. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 and I had this conversation with people. Um, it's, you have to make the effort first and foremost, but that effort isn't just so much as like, well, I sent out an Instagram picture with a black square, so we should be getting more. Uh, it needs to be step into those uncomfortable environments. For instance, every athlete that decided to do CrossFit, they got uncomfortable and said, I'm coming to try CrossFit. Uh, I don't know if there's a school or university nearby. I don't know if there's a boys and girls club. I don't know if there's a environment where maybe there's an older population that someone goes into one day. And so this is what we're off at Jim X across the street. Come in and try a class, try a week for free. And we want you to, we're going to open our doors and make that happen. That's just one way. Making those customers, right? Making those customers, not just gym members, but these are customers because they're buying your product. Feel comfortable, feel wanted, feel validated in what you're doing because they'll tell other people, you know, we're CrossFitters. We tell people we CrossFit. Hey, I do CrossFit. I didn't ask. I'm telling you anyway, you know, oh, of course. <laughs> first John rule of crossfit you gotta tell people we cross <laughs> tell people. yeah you know it's, it's like but john will tell people i not only do i cross it but you need to come to my gym you need to try this out um there's some gyms that all of us based on what they look like and how they operate we go in we're like yeah not for me that that shouldn't be the case it should be about fitness not about the atmosphere so i, I think the first step is getting these owners to understand you got to get uncomfortable and do some outreach you have to uh, that's step one and then what do we, what do they do past that? Inclusion, 
right? So, so talk about inclusion and it's, it's, it's a hard word to understand. It's not just saying, well, I told them to come and I let them into the class. It's like, you have to make someone feel validated. You have to make someone feel like they're a part of it. So spitballing here, maybe I have John be a coach. Maybe I teach John to coach, right? So now John is a coach, but John also reaches out to a different demographic than our current group of coaches does. You know, maybe I have Dewan go be a coach too. And not just because he's black and other black people will come because of that, but Dewan now feels included. Dewan can help us with outreach. John can help us with outreach and inclusion. Um, it's it's challenging, but just like people can learn how to do a muscle up, people can learn how to be a better person. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, I've noticed that just, you know, really – Within probably the last six months, I mean, you know, you've seen a, obviously a much more active presence on social media by everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to your earlier point, the world feels like it's going to hell, although it's probably no worse than it's ever been. <laughs> the world's always gone to hell. It's just we'll get better optics on it right now. Got footage. Yeah, there's footage of it. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket these days. So it's easier uh-huh. to get, you know, get it on film. But what I am finding is I'm, uh, you know, following people's, like I follow your stories, you know, I haven't lived your experience, but I'm starting to get a sense of your experience and I'm learning from that. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I think inclusion is so important. It's like, I can't go back and change that. You know, I was raised in the deep South, you know, by very religious parents, um, you know, that carved out who I am and I'm proud of who I am, mm-hmm. but that doesn't also doesn't mean I don't have plenty to learn as I continue to get older. And, and it also means I don't, you know, maybe I don't know your story, but I can learn your story and start to better understand it as we go. And that's really what I'm looking for. Or what I, what I hope is next for yeah, CrossFitters. Like, right. It's I'm not looking willingness. for, yeah, I'm not looking for white CrossFit or black CrossFit or Asian CrossFit or gay straight, whatever. Like I, I still just want to go in and do Fran and hate my life for the person <laughs> next to me, you know, but I would when it's over maybe have a richer experience of the person I worked out with, uh, you know, exactly. I think exactly. That'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. You know, <laughs> but it's, you know, I've, I've seen some of your posts. I'm not going to say go South. Cause that's not, that's not the right phrasing, but like people with certain opinions start to say certain things and you're like, wait a second. You know, I didn't, I didn't ask you to agree or otherwise with this. I just put up a post. And if you're predicating your life off of this belief, so be it. Um, I think, you know, to your point a second ago, if I drop into your box and I stand in a corner and the coach says, Hey, everyone, that's Dewan, by the way, he's dropping in for the day and everyone does that normal. Hey, you know, 60 minutes later, I walk out the door, you all walk your own way. You know, we failed as a box, you know, that box failed that person because that person, when they're asked, how was it? They're like, yeah, I, I went there. Coaches were cool, but I would never go again, you know, versus, and I'm not saying John has to do this, but if someone says, Hey, where are you from? How long have you been doing this? What are you into? Different things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, but it also helps that new member, you know, because how many times have you seen a new member do a couple classes and then just dip out because eh, I wasn't loving it. I didn't feel included into this environment. Well, I can, I mean, I can tell you tons of stories over the, you know, I've crossfitted for 10 years now. And over that time, you see members come and go. And as, you know, as, again, it's not just race. It could be, I've seen dozens of people come in that were, clearly, you know, physically kind of a wreck, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to be rude. They're just like, you know, we're, you know, have, you know, morbidly obese as an example and really struggle with the movements and you see no one talk to them 
you know, in the exactly. first couple of weeks and there, and, and there's no one, you know, CrossFit's kind of an intimidating area anyway. Like you got all these people running out their shirts off. Like I'm into, I, you know, I don't not ripping my shirt off and doing workouts, but mm-hmm. you know, you got these 20 year old kids ripping their shirts off and looking like Adonis and I can see exactly. why they wouldn't come back, you know? And exactly. you know, that, that's really what I'm hoping for is to see, you know, more of that. Yeah. If, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Cause that makes if, a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, and it makes a difference in people's lives. I think we've, we forget sometimes that CrossFit's really in the business of changing lives, you know, physically and emotionally to some degree, more physical than emotional, but I think they, <laughs> but I do think they go hand in hand in glove. Um, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's where that inclusion piece comes in, you know, insert demographic here can be included period. Like you said, obese, super fit young, old, black, white, straight, trans, like none of that matters. It shouldn't matter. But if, if one person has failed, the gym has failed. You know, um, I know back when blackout Tuesday happened, a lot of gyms made statements. A lot of gyms did not. A lot of gyms dropped the ball in terms of helping their members feel more secure in their decision to be a part of that environment, you know? And, and again, like you said, insert demographic here, once they feel excluded, they're leaving. Right. Sadly, you know, everyone has a phone nowadays. Everyone has access to social media. They're going to talk about it too. Yeah. Well, I, for me, it's about the health of the health of the business, health of the sport. Like, you know, we can stay in our little bubble and continue to make it little country clubs in every box and watch it eventually go out of business. You know, let somebody else, somebody else is going to come in and, and, and figure this out and do it the right. And there are plenty of boxes that are doing it absolutely the right way, you know, if you remember, remember, like you said, you've been doing CrossFit a while now. I've been in about eight years myself. Remember when it was almost so cornerly commercial that it was like, <laughs> this is my world. Like my gym is my life. They know everything about me. I'm talking like 2013, 14, yep. 2012, even back in those days. I'm not saying we need to travel in time, but you know, you and I are old enough to remember the old suggestion boxes that the workplace used to have right. or restaurants, or whatever, you know, let's eliminate that. Because who might ever read that box? That box might be filled with stuff from 25 years ago. What about an open house? You know, what about a, a town hall? What about that corny thing where we have everyone come together and we just talk it out? You know, we, we figure things out. But when people realize, you know what, this gym is more than just a gym. That's when, that's when businesses are thriving. CrossFit gyms are thriving. They've become a lot more sectioned off now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, one thing that, like, you know, we'll touch on the judge thing because that's what I can speak most to in CrossFit. But you've seen me huddle up judges a lot. You know, I'll give you some inside information here that not many people know. Uh, we'll huddle it up and we'll talk about not the event. Everyone okay? How you guys doing? Is anyone else here hungry? Or did your feet hurt? Because I'm starving right now. You know, so we're huddled up in the middle of an event at a sanctional at Wadapalooza. And that's what we're talking about. You know, we're, they're laughing. I've even told them, John, like, hey, guys, the crowd thinks they see me moving my hand like this. I'm moving my head on purpose to make them think we're having a serious conversation. I just want you guys to relax for about a minute, not think. And I want you to kind of debrief. But I I say all that simply to say that's where that inclusion comes in in that world. You know, making people realize we'll be serious in about five minutes. But for the next three to four minutes, we're just going to have a laugh, you know. And again, I am not saying I do it the best. These are just some efforts I take to help people be comfortable in the moment. Well, I think, I think that's a great suggestion. And, you know, I think we'll kind of wrap up on that, that, you know, I've been trying to end these with a, with a challenge and I love your idea of a town hall. 
Like, you know, let's bring everybody together and talk it out, talk about our issues as a group, as a team, you know, figure out what's next. You know, I would even add to that, bring somebody to the gym with you. Like, yeah. you really want to, you know, get out of your bubble, like tell everybody, find somebody at work that wouldn't normally come in here, bring them with you. Find somebody in your life that, you know, isn't a family member, somebody that's going to challenge you, somebody that maybe you're not completely comfortable with, mm-hmm. like bring them in and let's, you know, let's introduce them to the team and to the group and see if they want to be part of this family. Cause I do feel like most of our gems and um, more often than not end up feeling like family. Absolutely. You know, we, we just, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Good we'll, or bad. we'll, we'll debate whether our families are good or bad at a separate time. Um, but yeah, I do think that, um, you know, it, it would be add a lot of richness to our gyms if we could start inviting people in, bring them in and, and more often get together as a group and, and talk through kind of the issues of a day. I, honestly, I think it would help the, the gym owners have a better pulse of what's going on. I mean, it like, it breaks my heart to hear that, you know, I use your example, the blackout Tuesday where, you know, some gyms like totally bypassed it. I, I struggle to think there are people bypassing it because they want to be hurtful. You know, it's, it's almost the neglect of not even realize you're being hurtful to a gym member. And if, yeah. you know, if we can have more openness and more conversation, I think that's um, a really, really good thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on. I, uh, I hope uh, we get a winter classic together at some point soon. So you can no rep me again in public. That would be awesome. I'd love to. It'd be my pleasure. <laughs> or at a minimum, we'll, uh, we'll hook up for uh, a little uh, post-competition drink at whatever the next competition is. So Sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on. For everyone uh, watching this week, I appreciate it. And we will see you next time.